Hello and welcome into NCBI's Technology Podcast. My name is Stuart Lawler. This is episode number 52 for September 2016. And it is back to school time. September is one of those months, isn't it? But hope you're settling into whatever kind of routine you are about to settle into. Thank you for subscribing to and downloading our monthly technology podcast. We're with you for just over 52 minutes this month. And Nadine Lattimore will be along in just a moment to give a user's perspective to Invisible Puzzle, the iOS game we talked about on last month's edition. Sharon Lyons is making a very welcome return. And she'll be giving us some shortcuts that will help you listen to this very podcast from your browser. And finally... I'm catching up with Aaron O'Dowd from County Limerick, who's a bit of a genius when it comes to lots of different things. That's all coming up on this month's edition of NCBI's Technology Podcast. First up this month, we're following up on an interview that we did on our last edition in August, where we spoke with Andrea Girino about an application called Invisible Puzzle, which is now available for iPhone and iPad on the iOS App Store. We wanted to know a little bit more about how the game actually works from a user user perspective, so we've asked Nadine Lattimore to join us on the podcast and talk a little bit about it. Nadine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, maybe before we talk about Invisible puzzle are you a um, a gamer on a on a mobile device i mean are you doing lots of this i have downloaded a number of games over a certain period of time and i would either use them on my iphone or the ipad mini so this the invisible puzzle game you're using on the ipad is that correct i have it on both i've been using it on the ipad testing for this purpose because it's a larger screen surface now, Invisible Puzzle, and for people who are listening, if you haven't heard the interview with Andrea, it might be worth listening to that first, because Andrea talks a lot about the research behind the game. But Invisible Puzzle is really about um, shapes that are conveyed to you by sound. And Nadine, maybe as somebody who has seen previously, was this an interesting experience for you? Because I know I... Who's been, who've been blind from birth, I would find this very difficult. I don't think you had the same experience. I think it was challenging in a different way. So yes, it's recognition of objects by sound alone. And as you move through the different levels, the different shapes and configurations of shapes progress. So I think it's quite easily played by anyone, including sighted people, because again, there is no visual hints on screen. So it's definitely try it you know that's my idea is try it and yes i particularly enjoy this kind of a puzzle so i suppose i did take to it a little bit easier but it is quite challenging each level progresses and there's different um, challenges as you go through it that's a great point actually the fact that blind and sighted alike can play this game uh, and there is no advantage to having vision when you play this game there isn't and i would actually go one step further and say if you are sighted I would suggest try it with your eyes closed because then you're focusing more on the auditory sound and not trying to physically, you know, work it out visually. So the way it's played is with stereo headphones so that you have one ear and the other ear telling you the difference. So it's the differential pitch lets you know where objects are located and the size of them. Now, you mentioned earlier on the larger screen on the iPad. Do you recommend if people have access to an iPad, that's a good way to start with this game? I'm not sure it's necessary. I just tried it myself. I use an iPad mini. Obviously, the screen size doesn't bother me for everyday usage. I think I just I, I just would generally play more games on my iPad and use the phone a little bit more for everyday use. Okay, so so maybe just talk us through some of the, the kind of high points or highlights of this game. You mentioned, you know, uh, levels and as you as you progress through the levels, the game gets, you know, harder. Um, talk to us about some of, the, some of the, the tasks you have to accomplish. Okay, so when you begin, it's obviously at the first level and an element of gameplay is introduced to you. So it's introduced to you, you do a guided walkthrough and then you kind of try it on your own and then incrementally it gets more difficult. 
you go through different stages of that level and then go on to a new level. And again, you're introduced to the new element, you're guided through it, there's a demonstration. So it is very intuitive. You're not just suddenly thrown into the middle of gameplay and you have to go back and read instructions. So it goes through it systematically and each level increases with difficulty, with more objects on screen or a different search pattern. So the search pattern is how you look for the objects that are hidden behind the screen. Once you've searched through the screen, you're happy with where you know objects are, the size, the shape, etc. You go to a separate screen where you have four patterns and they're read aloud to tell you which pattern is which and then you must match which one you've just heard. So the element is to listen, to feel around, sorry, first of all, with your search pattern, to listen to where they are, to then try and compute that into what surface is actually, you know, what your surface is. Scoring is based on the time taken to correctly identify which shape matches and also obviously your accuracy. And when you do score, there's a nice little comment that kind of says, hey, nice run or, you know, something to just tell you you're doing well. It's out of, I think, three stars. Well, three stars is the most I've ever gotten. So I'm imagining it's out of three stars. Then there's a numerical score and time taken to identify it. So that means that you can repeatedly go back over each level with the aim of trying to improve your time, which I like that you can kind of build upon what you've learned. It's not a game where you run through level one to nine and that's it forever. So it's good that you can go back. And I, I can see now why they need for headphones, because it is based on this stereo sound. And as you navigate around the screen, uh, presumably sounds are coming to your left and right. Yeah, absolutely. And again, at the beginning, it's quite simple. As it progresses more and your search pattern changes, it can get quite tricky. Is there any facility to share your game scores you know, maybe with other players or social media, or did you come across anything like that? Because I could, I could think this, I could see this as being a bit of fun as well. I haven't actually checked that out, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, but I do know that as you go through each level, it unlocks the next level. As you go through each new challenge or each new chapter, the elements of difficulty increase. Immediately, every record is saved, so you can't lose. You don't have to save after every stage, and then it unlocks the next level. Okay. Have you gotten to, have you finished the whole thing or are there more levels waiting for you? I actually haven't had time to finish it, but I did become very instantly addicted to it. Okay. And I've gone through, I think, five of seven levels and I'm hoping that there is more. Okay, Nadine, it sounds like you're having lots of fun with it and I've no doubt you'll have more. Um, thanks a million for to, for to, taking time to review the, the game for us today. Uh, well worth having a look at for people who want to check it out, Invisible Puzzle on the App Store. And Nadine, hope we chat to you soon. Thank you very much. You're listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast for September 2016. Thank you, as always, for downloading and subscribing to our monthly technology podcast. And thank you for getting in touch with your feedback. It's lovely to get emails to technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. Uh, we had a couple of those in the last month, and lots of people enjoyed hearing the highlights of Eric Damery's seminar, of course, which took place on the 22nd of July. And we're definitely going to try to increase those seminars and, and have more, I suppose, engagement with technology manufacturers. So watch this space. Now, on the October edition of our podcast, it's become almost an annual event at this stage, but we're going to, we're delighted, I suppose, to be welcoming back again our panel of iOS gurus. That's Dave Nason, Kerry Doyle and Salim Rahman. And they're going to be back to review iOS 10, Apple's latest uh, mobile operating system, which will be releasing at some point in September. I suspect sometime around the middle of September. Now, if you're brave enough, the iOS 10 public beta is already out. I would have to say it's very stable. I've been using it for the last three or four weeks, and I really like it. I think we're on beta 7 right now at time of recording. Um, so if you're into trying these things, you can get lots of information on the iOS public beta page. You can Google for that. But if you're not so technically orientated, and if you don't like trying things out just before they're released, or you have a slightly older device or it's your only device, then I certainly uh, uh, would add a word of caution and do be careful. But if it's something you want to 
try with the cutting edge, then uh, the, that iOS 10 beta is pretty nice and slick. Some nice accessibility features built into it as well. And we'll be talking with uh, Kerry, Dave and Salim all about that on our October edition. You're listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast for September 2016. I do hope you're enjoying our program. And September is a time for going back to school and learning something new. And who better to teach us than Sharon Lyons with the very welcome return of another couple of, of sessions, anyway, of Sharon's Shortcuts. Sharon, welcome back. Thank you, Stuart. It's great to be back. It's Hello, great, everyone. Great to have you back. It's been a little while since you were here. You've been doing lots of things, and we've had lots of other bits and pieces on the podcast. But it's funny... You know, a number of people have said they want more shortcuts. So if people want more shortcuts, Sharon, we uh, bring them more shortcuts. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Give them what they want. There's been um, loads of other great stuff, though, Stuart. You've, uh, you've, you've had a lot of packed podcasts. Well, since. we're doing our best to keep it going. Um, so this, this, this month, I suppose, it's kind of funny because we're talking about sort of this podcast, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Because you got some, uh, you've been for the last week or so doing a couple of visits in some of our computer clubs. And I think you, because you rang me one day, you said there is some, I suppose, uh, there are people who are requesting information. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I had the pleasure of, of popping in and catching up with some people in Newbridge and in Clondalkin at the computer club. So um, the computer clubs are where a group, a group of people get together maybe once a month um, service users basically people who are interested in technology and they meet up in Newbridge or they meet up in Clendorkin with Trevor Lyons and they talk about what problems they have on the computer they basically look at new things um, and there was a lot of talk about the new website which is going down very well and also about how to access the podcast so um, so I thought for those people, and thanks to those people for, for bringing this issue up, I thought it would be good to, to cover that. And hello to, <laughs> to everyone hello in to the everyone. Newbridge okay. and Clendalkin yeah. Computer Clubs. And, and it's, it is really good because I suppose if, if for people who if you've listened to the July edition and if you didn't get to hear it, you can go back to the July edition. We spoke yes. with a, a lot of the people in NCBI who were behind the new website. They talked about the experience and what the new website means and, and what, you know, what new features are there. And I suppose one of the new features for technology podcast listeners, this is one that I haven't talked about, but Sharon's going to demonstrate, is that mm-hmm. you can now listen to the podcast right away online without having to download it because I think Sharon people like to listen in different ways don't they yeah definitely um for myself I've been enjoying the new website on my phone I tend to I actually have a bit of a problem with my laptop I'm I'm in the middle of getting a new laptop so I've been using my phone I did upgrade my phone recently and I've been using it much more for everything (laughs) um and I just went to the NCBI web page and and found the podcast there and I could just play it in on the page real easily from so. your phone from my phone that's fantastic yeah okay because I, I have not by the way as we record this I have not tried that feature on my iPhone I've been doing right. it on the computer um, and the, the, the flash player that, that's up there is really nice and very accessible mm-hmm. but I have not done that on my iPhone so I'll have to try that out I'm kind of excited now Sharon so there's, a, <laughs> there's no reason why it shouldn't help, uh, shouldn't work because there's a really helpful little um, I don't what do you call it like a gadget or something oh yeah a widget um, a widget yeah um that that means you can play it really easily from oh, from the web page. So okay. I did that, and I got on very well with that. Okay. Um, yeah, and and it's kind of worth saying as well that that I know a, a, a number of podcasts I've sort of come across in the sort of visually impaired space, and even mm-hmm. not in the visually impaired for space. For example, the BBC use something very similar to what we're going to show today, right? Um, for their podcasts, so it is it is sort of if if you like what you what you hear Sharon demonstrating today there's a very good chance this is available in the more mainstream kind of media as well yeah yeah so if you get used to this you could probably use the same techniques on other podcasts possibly yeah yeah so 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 let's have a look at it Sharon how does it all come together okay well I'm going to use my um my web browser of preference, Mozilla Firefox, which... Uh, 
Mozilla Firefox submenu 1 of 13. It's on the start menu, so I just arrow down to Mozilla Firefox and press enter. Enter, leaving menus. Mozilla Firefox start page dash Mozilla Firefox search query link document search query link. Okay, and I Netscape think we... Um, hello, hello. Netscape, there's a name from the past. Oh my God. <laughs> I use Netscape uh, for years. 20 years ago on dial-up connections <laughs> with uh, Ireland Online, I remember, my God. Oh, and it was the best thing since It was bread. amazing. We, oh, you know, God. when you were connected over a 56, or not even a 56K at that stage, it was lower speed, and you just thought this was... A, and it was amazing at the time. It was. I remember the sound as well. Oh, the sound I won't even try and do an impression of it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's brilliant. Gosh, we were so patient back then, weren't we? And you know, there's probably people listening to this podcast who haven't a clue what we're talking about. <laughs> and it just makes us feel even older. Oh, God, don't, don't go there. Um, okay, so um, I don't know where Netscape came from yet. Yeah. But um, I'm on the Mozilla um, start page in this case and uh, using a slightly different computer today. But I'm going to go to the address box and put in the full URL because I can type it in easier. Alt Mozilla Firefox start page dash Mozilla Firefox navigation toolbar toolbar search your enter address edit combo search your enter address. Okay. And I'm going to do forward slash technology podcast. Enter search query edit technology podcast dash Mozilla Firefox technology podcast dash Mozilla Firefox list RSS feeds page has 16 regions 21 headings and 74 links technology technology okay um that's great I always press control which is what we, when we were introducing using the web I always press the control button once it tells me how many links and the, all the statistics on the page press the control and then I can decide where to go next rather than Joy's jaws running away with himself <laughs> on the page so now I'm a big fan of the the H button the, the quick navigation keys as Eric would say yes <laughs> I really right. enjoyed yeah. that podcast last month Eric was brilliant he's very very good and opinion. he's a big fan of keyboard shortcuts as well yeah he's like you Sharon he, <laughs> yes. yeah and if anyone hasn't heard Eric because Eric's on the August podcast if you haven't heard it you can go back and listen to highlights from his uh, presentation because yeah as Sharon said he's, he's very good Excellent, yeah. Um, so I'm going to press the H to bring me down through the headings. And somewhere near the top, I shouldn't have to press it much, there should be the latest podcast. Skip links heading level two. Oh, okay. Main navigation heading level two. Technology podcast heading level one. Okay. Technology podcast episode 51 colon August 2016 heading level two link visited. There we go. That's what I'm looking at. Visited. I've been there before. <laughs> um, okay. So I can arrow down at this point and it start telling me what's on the August edition. Um, or I can just press enter and it will take me to a page specifically for that podcast with this um, widget on it for playing it. So I'll press enter. Enter, main region, article, page header, technology podcast episode 51 colon August 2016, heading level 2 link visited. Technology podcast episode 51 colon August 2016 dash Mozilla Firefox, technology podcast episode 51 colon August 2016 dash Mozilla Firefox, list RSS feeds, page has 8 regions, 1 application, okay. 12 headings and 36. I just wait for him to tell me what the page has and then I know he's definitely downloaded it. Um, okay, and at this point I can just press B, another quick navigation key on the web with JAWS. Uh, B for button. So if I press B, play button. Use JAWS key plus Alt plus M to move the controlled element. And it says play button straight away. Okay, and then I can start playing by pressing. Now, depending on what browser you're in, it could be uh, spacebar or enter. But I think I was using enter. Enter main region article. Play button. Use JAWS key plus Alt plus M to move the controlled element. Maybe I need to press enter again. Enter. Hello and welcome into NCBI's Technology Podcast. I'm Stuart Lawler. Great to be back with you once again. Sorry, Stuart, I'll just pause uh, yes, you there. Yes, so please do. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and that's interesting because sometimes I've been doing this and it's very interesting to watch you, Sharon. I was mm. doing this in uh, Internet Explorer last right, week. Right, And Enter does it, but sometimes Spacebar does it. And I, I know what yeah. you mean. Some browsers, some of you press Enter twice. So if it doesn't work immediately, press Enter again. Mm -hmm. And the, hopefully the audio will start playing for you. I guess generally with screen readers, the kind of the space bar or enter kind of does similar things. Yes. And if one doesn't work, you press the other. And exactly. <laughs> and just keep going. Yeah. 
Okay, so I actually had to press. So maybe it's something to do with me using the shortcut B for button, but I just had to press Enter twice there. So um, that's grand. real easy to get to. The other great thing about this widget is that um, you can fast forward like three minutes of a time. Not that we wouldn't want to listen to the whole podcast right away. <laughs> if through. there's something you want to skip but forward, if there's you something can. specific and you only have like 15 minutes to listen, like you want to go to my my shortcuts. <laughs> oh, that's They'll all be going to that show. <laughs> um, you can use the left and right arrow keys to go um, three minutes at a time. So you can fast forward three minutes. Um, you need to be playing it, I think, to do this. Mm. Would that sound about right? So, um, so if I press enter again, it will start playing, and then I'm going to press the right arrow key to fast forward, and we should hear different voices, and it'll give us an idea of where we are in the podcast. So, it might get noisy for a minute now. Okay. This is episode number fifty-one for August twenty sixteen. Okay. Fast forward. Love the new music, by the way. Oh, good. <laughs> Uh, what we thought is that a lot of uh, the existing okay. solutions need so a gone. lot of training. So this that's is Andrea from that's Italy. That's Andrea, wonderful yeah. Italian accent there, I have yeah. to say. Um, and if I press enter to play again. Or the user can become proficient with full image with such technique. Another three minutes. But with less training. This Another is what we want to do. Listen to the podcast. So it's very nice to get your feedback. And as I say, technology. So let me explain to you what's going on. Go. Edward. And we're into Eric. <laughs> very good. Explaining very well. <laughs> and this is a bit kind of like YouTube, isn't it? Sort of with the arrows and the, the, the little online player. Yeah, being able to kind of skip into... Uh, um, and sometimes, you know, you can skip over things that you've heard before and, mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's very handy. Very handy indeed. So this is a really handy way, I suppose, as you say, for people to just listen on their computer, at their browser... Without mm-hmm. having to download and worry about media, what media player you're going to use, and how, you know, where will I save the file? Where does mm. it go? Because mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing for people. So now there's this really nice little player, and you've confirmed that it worked for you on your phone, which is even yes. better. Now, okay, so I didn't use keys on my phone, but um, yeah, it's um, it was easy just to to go to that element on the phone and and and. Um, activate the play button and that kind of thing yeah it worked really well so that that will work for any of the episodes on this uh, ncbi.ie slash technology podcast mm-hmm. page you press enter on the episode and mm-hmm. you can play and we've archived right back to april 2015 i think or march 2015 so you can go way back right, and hear yeah. well over a year's worth of our programs if you want uh, sharon there's so there's other ways people can 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 get our podcast and can get not just our podcast can get podcasts in general um and one of the the things that you mentioned to me this morning was that people were some people were confused and i can understand it when you said it by the word subscribe in podcast terminology that's right yep um before podcast came along and any subscription would be like maybe to a magazine or something mm. you know you know that paper stuff that yeah, people yeah. Used to <laughs> that's true <laughs> And you would be paying. You'd be pay- paying quite a lot every month for for a, for a magazine, a glossy magazine. So subscription has traditionally meant some kind of payment, and and these days, um, you know, there's a lot of free online stuff, and you kind of expect things to be very low cost and or or free. I might have to put up with a few ads here and there in different things, but um, yeah, subscription online actually is usually free. So, so the, in this case, the, the, the terminology that, that sometimes for, for podcasts, when they say subscribe, you know, you're not going to be charged. There is no fee. Mm-hmm. And indeed, subscribing means that especially, and I think the, the real benefit to this is if you have a phone or if you have a mobile yeah. device, you open the app. Uh, whatever app you want to use for podcasts and there are many many of them for android and ios Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're already subscribed to a podcast it knows what you're subscribed to it automatically goes off checks and if there's a new episode available you get that episode and you don't have to go and look for it so it will tell you and indeed you can configure them so that they will notify you when new episodes are available yeah and um yeah so subscribing to a podcast just says will you automatically go and get this for me every month 
Yeah, maybe. And, and it arrives it arrives to you without you having to go and, and do the work, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is what we call this RSS as well. People have heard of RSS for this really simple syndication, which is, you know, um, content mm-hmm. or information is sent to you, pushed out to you without you having to go and look for it. Absolutely, yeah. So um, I suppose, Sharon, the, just to go back to, because to, everything comes back to shortcuts, those <laughs> sh- shortcuts for navigating are important. The, the H key you mentioned and the yeah. B for button. B for button is a, a really good one. Yeah. And then your left and right arrow were able to move you along. And by the way, one other one, Sharon, that I noticed with that player, flash player, if you're, and this is really useful when you're using a screen reader, you're listening to the podcast, but maybe you want to multitask. I, I'm not capable of multitasking, but you are, Sharon. Oh. You're better. Um, <laughs> you can uh, you can use the up and down arrow to 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 bring the volume of the of the podcast down, but it won't affect your screen reader. Right. Yes. Yeah. So it's particularly it's in the widget. Again. Oh, it's in the widget. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really handy. So if when Should you try that. Yeah. Okay. Just while we're here. So we'll yeah, let's we'll um, switch Eric on again. <laughs> um, a couple of years okay, back, so up and down. I ran across. Ooh, there he is. Yeah. It's very quiet now. Yeah. Offer. It's called Microsoft Office Use at Home. If you go. If I did Google that really low, and then that, Microsoft yeah. Office Use at Home. And then you can make Jaws. The yeah, yeah. Jaws is the pause button. Jaws is the same volume. Employees of large organizations. Okay. Yes. Very good. So <laughs> handy to do that, and you know, and and again, as I say, this system is employed on lots of you know mainstream media as well so there is something very similar to this that Mm -hmm. bbc use um which people can access as well if they wish um we also put if people are subscribed to paul trainer's vip students list and if you're Mm -hmm. not i think you should you should do so it's a great resource every month we will there's a notification comes out when we publish a podcast an email goes to that list with the link the direct link to the to the current episode and also a link to download just the audio file some people like to take the mp3 file and you know manipulate it do what they want with it that's true actually yeah yeah that's good so you could actually just have a directory on your computer and just store all the podcasts in it and exactly. um, and play it on whatever software, whatever media software you have on your computer. Yeah, yeah, it's another way of doing it. Okay, brilliant. Well, Sharon, thank you for that. It's been great to have you back, and you're coming back in back. October. Oh, I am. More shortcuts on the way in October. And as always, uh, we appreciate feedback or comments. Anyone who has questions yes. for Sharon, uh, technology podcast at ncbi.ie will get us. Thanks very much. Now, we always like to find out about other Irish podcasters, what's going on, and we like to do a little bit of lifestyle as well. A couple of uh, months ago, you may remember, we interviewed William Campbell. He's, was, he is producing a podcast called Here's How, which is a, a political talk show well worth checking out. But a couple of weeks ago, I came across Aaron O'Dowd, who is visually impaired and is producing three, I think, and soon to be four podcasts. Aaron joins me on Skype from his home in Limerick. Uh, Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. It's great. And thank you for having us on the show. Um, very nice to speak to you. I've, I've been chatting to you a little bit over the last couple of weeks and uh, learning a little bit about lots. You're involved in lots of different things. You're, you're kind of um, and, and very varied and di- very kind of different um, kind of aspects of life, I suppose. Yeah, I think um, somebody should be a renaissance person where it's just not one particular area. I have a kind of a, a niche or a, an aspect where it's like, wow, I want to sit down and have a chat with him. OK, well, I think we're going to do that over the next little while. And we're going to talk, obviously, as well, a little bit about the technology you use. But but let's let's find out a bit about you first, because you have some vision. Is that correct? Yeah, so listeners who are listening, and I have retina, retina pigmentosa, so I have about 40 or 50% vision. So in, in terms of getting out and about and, 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 and traveling around, is it, is it problematic for you or is it, is it pretty okay? It's pretty okay. I use a, a long cane and in the daytime, I could see you coming to probably a foot away. At nighttime, I have nothing. So. And you have been 
through a couple of education systems because you've, you you spent six years in the States? Yeah, so my dad worked for Dell for 15 years and uh, through his work we got to live in Austin, Texas for six years and then Taiwan for two years. What was that experience like? Because I, I imagine there was very different education systems. I mean, Austin, Texas, I'd say was um, was pretty pretty well advanced. Were you in the school for the blind in Texas, or were you in mainstream? I was in mainstream elementary school, but yes. I had connections with the um, uh, school for the blind as well. Okay, and then moving to Taiwan, I mean, was it very different? Yeah, um, just to give some clarification to your listeners, when I moved to the States, I was probably seven or eight, and when I moved to Taiwan, I was 13 or 14, so I was a bit more wiser, but um, if usually people ask me, what do you prefer? I prefer Taiwan because it's more third world, it's more adventurous, it's not in your face, and um, you kind of get the world open to your eyes. From a from an accessibility perspective, though, as a young vision impaired kid um, in Taiwan, uh, you know, I mean, did you have technology, for example? Yeah, so I had more vision at the time, probably 60 or 70 percent more, but I used a computer and accessibility in Taiwan is, isn't great. Like you could get around the main area but once you start venturing off into other other areas through the junk stores and the markets then it becomes a bit more trickier okay i i always get this picture of you know the thing about taiwan that every every electronic cheap electrical good you get has made in taiwan uh written on it so is there loads of those factories over there that they make lots of electric electronic equipment Oh, yeah. Um, like like I said, my dad worked for Dell, but in our apartment complex, we had two or three other big CEOs from other tech companies in Taiwan. Um, an example, you could get your PlayStation chip to play any uh, any game around the world for probably 10, 10 euros. Okay. Um, and the schooling aspect over there, the, the you with, with uh, okay, I know you said your, your vision was better, but with with some degree of vision impairment, there was no issue with you integrating and, and, and that kind of stuff. Funny story about that. Um, so when you live in the Amer- America for a period of time, you're used to that, that standard schooling system. And we moved to... Taiwan, the American Taiwanese school wouldn't accept myself because of my visual impairment. So my mom homeschooled myself, my sister for myself for a year and uh, two years and my sister for one year. Um, but uh, in the States, they have a homeschooling system where you get an entire curriculum sent to you and you go through whatever level of uh schooling in the states like i was sixth grade so you get sixth grade curriculum for the year now that's interesting because homeschooling is something that that we wouldn't be as familiar with here in ireland and it's funny i was speaking to somebody in philadelphia a couple of years ago and similar thing they had three or four kids and they did all homeschooling but homeschooling is essentially a parent or guardian taking on the responsibility of a teacher isn't that right that's right. And the only thing you, you miss about homeschooling is you've no social interaction. You've no one bullying you. You've no one picking on you. You kind of don't have that. Let's go out and play soccer. Your, your, your education is probably your entire day and then lunch break and whatever. So I, I think, yes, it's one aspect to do it. Um, I know I recently interviewed Rupert Isington or Isaacson and he, homeschools all his child and other autistic so works for some disabilities but i think with visual impairment you need that social integration yeah i i I would i would tend to agree with you um and i suppose people when you bring up the debate about mainstream or special ed and i guess you're probably in a way one of the few people who's very well qualified to talk about that and we'll come to that in a second is that people often say well you know when you're out in the mainstream and you're integrated um, you do get all that social aspect. Uh, maybe in some cases, the special ed, your educational and academic needs are are catered for a little more. Maybe in the past they have been. I don't know if that's the case now. But let's look at you came back, your family moved back from Taiwan back to back to Limerick. Is that right? That's right. Did you enter mainstream then? Um, not for the first year. We continued the homeschooling system for the year, um, but my sister went back to primary school, and then the next year I went into our local schooling system in County Limerick. So that would have had you at, at what age at that stage? That would be around probably 15. Okay, so you're coming into kind of junior search 
uh, type time. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. And so, so what was that experience like going into a, you know, a, a, a local, um, a local rural mainstream school in County Limerick after coming from Taiwan? <laughs> You know, it, it's interesting when you're homeschooled for a while, you're, you're so used to, but when you used to one system, but when you go to a mainstream, it's harder. I also think with a visual impairment, the teachers favor you more with your impairment than the students in the sense of they think, oh, he has a laptop, he's special. Um, and and other students in the class can get jealous of that. And I think that's one problem of mainstream is that um, – there's no divide between the students and the teacher, and I found that myself. So, were you were you almost made feel sort of picked, maybe feel picked out because the teacher was giving you this attention that maybe you didn't need, and maybe you were set apart from your peers? Yeah, I think that too, and I also think um, mainstream schools don't have the education to teach the students how to interact with a disabled person i think so was that part of the of the of the the kind of thought process that led to your decision and presumably to your parents decision to send you off to dublin to child vision and ross mini where you where you completed your education um i yes and no i think um i've I'd finished my junior search and um uh, another friend uh, who's also vision impaired told me about the uh, child vision. And I said, I'll try out for a year. And um, the one thing about rule and mainstream is that you're not taught the independent skills that child vision would teach you. And it's a pity that um, it's not part of a curriculum uh, for mainstream if you have a vision impaired student. That move to child vision was kind of the next stage of my independence in sense in a sense of where my mom was driving me everywhere or my dad was driving me but when I was in child vision it was my decision where I go it was my independence that kind of led me to my skills of getting around so so child vision and Ross Mini was a successful and a positive experience for you then Yes, um, but you know yourself, Stuart, when you look back, you think, oh, I could do that better or that didn't work out. But and the overall, yes, it was a success. Okay. So th- this is, I suppose, because and, and the education in itself has been very interesting to hear about. But I think this is where your your career path or your story, I suppose, gets even more interesting because you finished school and you decided to travel. And then you developed a whole load of interests that are extremely varied. Um, podcasting, holistic healing, and rowing and blogging. They're very different, you know? Yeah, yeah, they are. So when I was in fifth year, I met up with Anna Gibson-Steele, who's Peter Clossie's wife. They they live very close to us in, in location. She was a Reiki master and um, uh, she taught my mom and she taught me. And then when I finished school, I decided to... Um, take a year out of education and travel to Spain, Morocco, and then the States. Um, Spain and Morocco were with my family, and then States was all by myself, where I went meditating in an ashram, which is an Indian monastery. I practice a meditation called Kriya Yoga. It's probably 5,000-year-old meditation, and it's practiced in parts of Europe and the States. So um, I spent three week, two weeks in Miami and three weeks in Chicago. And then my last leg of the journey, I was lecturing on the Queen Mary ship, um, the Alive and Health Conference. My God. Yeah. This, this sounds fiercely glamorous. You know that? It, it does. And, you know, people think, oh, meditating is great in an ashram. It is hard. You're waking up at 5 a.m. to meditate for two hours. you got your breakfast. Then you have a half an hour for, for a lecture. Then you're meditating at half ten for another two hours. Then you're you got your lunch. Then you go back in. You do a bit of work in the garden. And then you're back in for more meditation. And um, uh, and then you go to bed. So I was doing probably ten or twelve hours of meditating a, a, a week. Was was that a, a, a you know was that experience? Did that allow you maybe to? I and, and I. Uh, I suppose I'm asking this because I I really don't know enough about meditation, but I'm kind of thinking 
you came from school, you'd had a lot of different experiences of education. You talk about having taken a year out. Did that space of meditation allow you time to reflect and kind of take stock of your life to date and think a little bit about what you might want to do in the future? Yeah, it, it did. And the the other cool benefit of it is you become high. It's like taking, I don't like to say this to my clients or people I'm working with, but it was like taking marijuana or cocaine every day, the, okay. every hour. You were just so high. And even I was texting back to my parents to say, hey, I'm okay. This is what I'm doing today. And later on, um, they said, wow, we thought you were on something. I was like, no, no, I was just meditating every two hours, every in a period of time. But while I was in um, the ashram in Miami, I'd met a guy called Matt Wolf, who um, was a radio producer, and he worked with some of the biggest um, pr- production companies that you could think of. And uh, he also helped start XM Sirius, which is one of the biggest uh, radio uh, satellites in the States. He became homeless because he lost his job, and uh, the ashram in Chicago took him for shelter and food but he'd do the audio work and then he came to Miami so when I started my leg of my journey to Miami he was there and I one day it was uh, the guru's birthday and he mixed uh, um, uh, Pharrell, one of Pharrell Williams songs the beats with um, a 2000 year old mantra and I just got the goosebumps of I want to do music I want to do podcasting before that I'd listened to Off the Ball the rugby show on yeah. iTunes and yeah. that's kind of how I got integrated into podcasts, podcasting. Were you interested in, you know, radio? Because it, it tends to be, because uh, I've, I've done it, I know lots of people who are, who are vision impaired and blind have kind of, because radio lends itself well to that. Were you interested in that in school, in kind of recording audio production or, or not, not really? You know, the audio production side, no, but I listened to hip hop and I would hear the beats and I hear all that and I could say, you know, that's double beat, listen to that, whatever. I, I enjoyed list, as a listener listening to it, but I had no knowledge of audio produ- production until I met this guy, Matt Wolf. So you're now, uh, you're back in Limerick, isn't that correct? You're, you're, you're living correct, back yes. in Limerick. Okay. And, and I know, and we'll talk a little bit in a moment about some of the work you're doing, but I suppose from, for the purpose of this conversation, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because you're a fellow Irish podcaster and it's really nice to do some cross promotion and to make sure that some, that our listeners who are listening today might like to uh, connect to some of your podcasts because you have three, is it three, four, four different podcasts on the go? Uh, three, three and uh, probably another two years I'll have my fourth one which oh, is okay. um, which is in the production but that's a bit more trickier so okay so you have podcasts you have a, the, the, and, and they deal with, with very different different topics don't they yeah they do so one's on holistic and spirituality the other one's on rowing uh, the third one is on partially excited which is disabilities which you're on Stuart so yeah the partially excited um, and I, I, I was I was taken by the name of that that's going to be looking at the area of disability, and I suppose you were you were trying to focus a little bit on low vision as well, weren't you? Yeah, I think disability isn't it's not in the mainstream, and I would love to have it in the mainstream conversation. And uh, we kind of look on uh, low vision, wheelchair, autism, you name it, because to be honest, disability should be in the mainstream conversation as well as racism and other various important topics. Now, you sent me a, a little blurb sort of about yourself and some things that, that you might want to talk about. And one thing that did strike me as I was reading that today, uh, and at time of recording, we're just at, we've just finished the Olympics and we're waiting excitedly here in Ireland and around the world, of course, for the Paralympics, which will start in the second week in, in, in September. You mentioned Paralympics. And I think one of your big goals, and it's a fantastic one, is to be at the Paralympics uh, rowing. Isn't that right? Yeah, so I've been rowing probably, this would be my eighth or ninth year, I've lost, lost, lost count after the fifth or sixth year, but um, I've I've been on around the block a while and I'd love to go to the Paralympics, it's a dream. I think it's, you know, it's anybody's dream to go to the Olympics or the Paralympics and I think, um, you know, with all the scandals that are happening at the moment, I think we're going to, it's going to be for the better for both um, events. Let's watch out for you uh, in Tokyo 2020, I hope. I hope so, too. It's just this is our first uh, year of a four-year block. And the problem about four-year blocks is 
they go very fast and they go very long. And I like these projects where you can distract the mind and the body from thinking about what's coming next or he said or she said, etc. And keep fit and nice and good and strong as well. Build up your muscles. Yeah, but it's, it's you know, one thing about rowing, it's a very hard sport where you got to do a lot of power lifting, got to do a lot of cardio, like the Olympian guys who we saw win a, a silver in the Olympics, they're probably were doing two, three hundred kilometers a week, lifting maybe 50, K, 50 kg to 250 kg in weights and eating a lot of food to keep lightweight is a lot harder than I am. I'm a heavyweight rower, but... um. Like they have to keep under 75 kg, which is a lot of hard work. That's a lot of stuff. Okay. Okay. Just tell us a little bit about living and working in Limerick. And I know you're in the area of healing and you mentioned Reiki and, 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 and things like that. As, a, as somebody who's vision impaired, you know, um, starting out, is that difficult? Are you running your own business or are you linked in with, say, clinics or, or how does that work for you? You know, um, I'm I'm not doing it, but um, I know I could be linked with clinics or I could start off. Um, the problem about um, any kind of business is getting connected and started. And um, yes, you could be, have all the skills, but it's trying to create a business with a visual impairment, I think, is very hard unless you have someone as guiding you or mentoring you through the system. Starting your own business is always a challenge, and I suppose business, because there are probably two aspects of it. And and you, when we were doing the interview for your podcast, I think we were talking about this off air at the end, was that you were talking about the fact that you love the you love the healing you love the whole holistic end of things that you're doing the spirituality the reiki but you find the whole the paperwork the invoicing all the the all the stuff you have to do to run a business to be a bit of a drag and i think that would probably be a lot of the views of a lot of creative people yeah um funny enough um uh, we had um Jane Crabtree from the Royal College of the Blind when I was working in the Holistic Center of Excellency and um she was she was saying something similar that vision impaired and holistic work very well hand in hand but in the business side no it's a drag you have to like you said do the invoices pay people pay rooms um it, unless you're fortunate to have your own apartment where you could have a room to do this. But um, it's holistic living and, and spirituality isn't a business to earn millions um, from, I think. Okay. Well, look, at I, I've no doubt you're going to be doing lots and lots of things in the future. And you have so many varied interests. I, I think you will. I've no doubt you're going to be kept very busy. Maybe, maybe just before we before we let you go, I'm I'm curious about. Uh, and you did mention um, to me before that you're very interested and you use lots of technology. What 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 technology are you using these days? And and as a person with low vision, what what works well for you? So, Stuart, we're talking through Skype and I'm using a, a MacBook Pro from 2009. It's it's eight year birthday and it's still running like it's, pretty, well, pretty good. It's, it's sounding good on this end, I can assure you. Yeah. So I use a MacBook um, magnification and black and white invert. I couldn't tell you how um, it's the inbuilt software that's, that's in it. Um, I have an iPhone that uses voiceover. I'm Apple. I thumbs up for accessibility yeah, yeah, inbuilt. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's interesting because we've we've talked on this podcast a lot to to some low vision people find and and this probably depends on the, the level of vision you have and on how you use a device but some low some low people people with low vision rather find that the android operating system offers them greater flexibility i suppose for 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 being able to manipulate their magnification and then some people are doing what you're doing, which is using voiceover, the screen reader. And I guess, are you using voiceover and maybe viewing the screen when you want to, but you're sort of letting voiceover do most of the work for you? Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm actually looking forward to the new iOS coming out next month where you can mag use the camera as a magnifier um, from the screen. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I, use, I have a black and white invert on my phone and I use voiceover to 
because the thing about it is you're magnifying through your, your three fingers all the time and it slows you down. So voiceover quickens up the, the pace of um, uh, getting through your phone. Erin, um, it's been lovely to chat to you because it's been really nice to find out so many aspects of your life and some of the really, well, from my perspective, very cool things that you are engaged in. And I'd certainly like to stay in touch. How can our listeners connect with you and keep involved in listening to your podcasts and perhaps if they're interested in the whole holistic and and spiritual end uh, that they may like to get in touch with you yeah so like yourself Stuart we have many strands I'm on Twitter at Aaron O'Dowd one if you want to tweet my shows it's at Sancit S-A-N-C-I-T um, if you want to email me, it's aaronodowd at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook, Aaron O'Dowd. Um, the shows I have are Sanseet, which is the holistic and spirituality show. I have Rowing Down the River, which is the rowing show, and Partially Excited. And um, if you are an iTunes user, uh, you can type in my name or the names of the shows, and you can listen to their word. Shortly putting the audio onto YouTube, so um, you'll be able to find it there. But um, that's all the the strands where you can find me. <laughs> There's plenty of them there. You've 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 actually really created a you've created a couple of really good brands there, haven't you? Yeah, that's what I like. You know, that's what you, I had planned at the very beginning is to create a, a platform where you know, visual impairment and mainstream are together working hand in hand. Well, I highly recommend people check you out. I've been listening to Sanseat, um, production quality, very good, by the way. And uh, looking forward to hearing Partially Excited. I know that's going to be coming out uh, pretty soon, isn't that right? Yeah, that, that's right. My my producer, Matt Wolf, he's, um, he's very busy with Sanseat episodes and Partially Excited, but once he gets through the the trash can at work he'll um will have them out and your your listeners can can hear it all right listen aaron it's been lovely to chat to you um sincerely thank you for coming on wish you all the very best for the future and i hope i'm pretty certain it's not going to be the last we hear from, from you on this podcast by the way so i'm um, looking forward to chatting to you in the not too distant future but for the moment thanks a million for joining us thanks a million Stuart. Many thanks to Aaron O'Dowd there for a really interesting interview. Uh, he's a, an amazingly talented guy with a very varied interests, so definitely uh, somebody to keep in touch with. Now, that's just about it. Thank you to our contributors this month, uh, Nadine Lattimore, Sharon Lyons, and of course, Aaron O'Dowd. We are back in October with that eagerly awaited iOS 10 panel discussion. Kerry Doyle, Dave Nason, and Salim Rahman will be here. Sharon Lyons is back with more shortcuts, and I'll be introducing you to a device I'm in love with, the Amazon Echo. Until then, this is Stuart Holder saying thank you for listening. Have a great month and see you in October. Bye. Bye.